Your post-game recap podcast is generously sponsored by Jazby.com, a family financial app. Jazby has two main missions, to teach financial literacy to children where they learn by experience and make financial management easy for parents by giving them parental controls as children learn financial responsibility. Jazby debit cards are free and can be used virtually anywhere. Grab your phone and go to jazby.com. That's J-A-S-S-B-Y dot com to learn more. And also, this podcast is sponsored by State Farm. Life is full of challenges, and State Farm has been and will continue to be there for you when you need us. When you need insurance, think of Agent Jim Fury, a proud sponsor of your Washington Blue Jays post-game recap podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome in to a week three edition of the Washington Blue Jays High School Football post-game recap podcast presented to you all season long by State Farm. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Please see Jim Fury for all your State Farm insurance needs and questions. Well, usually at this point in the podcast, I would say last night, but because what we'll get into in a second, this game actually took place on Thursday night. So Thursday night, the Washington Blue Jays defeated the William Chrisman Bears by a final score of 28 to 21. I'm now joined by the winning head coach of the Washington program, head coach Derek Heflin. Coach, welcome to the podcast and how are you today? Good, good. Thank you for having me on today. Absolutely. Thank you for being here. Well, I think the elephant in the room is what we got to talk about, and that is that your game that was scheduled to be with Warrington this past week was canceled due to COVID issues, and I'll let you explain all that. But I think the biggest thing is why don't you just tell me and the audience how your team found out found out about the COVID issues and how you found out that you were going to then play a new team, William Christman. Uh, so it all started uh, Tuesday afternoon, about 1 o'clock, our AD called and said uh, – that Warrington had 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 some people test positive and weren't going to be able to play. Um, so then we we started, you know, going through the, the different websites and different teams, seeing who who was open, um, if somebody else was in the same situation. Uh, and Tuesday we went to practice and just worked on us and and worked on the things we had to get better at. Um, and you know, I told the kids, I we we don't know what's going to happen, we don't know who we're going to play, but our plan is we're going to play Friday. Um, and then Wednesday, uh, I think I got ready for four or five different teams. Um, we, we thought it was going to be a couple different people. About 2, 2.30, we kind of came in that we thought it was going to be William Crispin, but we, we weren't for sure. Um, and we, so we, I got on YouTube, found a little bit of film, got some practice cards ready, and we went out and kind of tried to game plan and get things going but we were we were uh when we went out with the coaches i i gave them about a 25 percent chance of, of this game happening um and while we were at practice on wednesday about five o'clock i got a call from our athletic director and said uh does six o'clock on tomorrow work and i said i i guess it's gonna have to uh there's an official shortage in our area so mm-hmm. friday was out and then all our kids are or our, our junior seniors taking the ACT this morning. So, uh, you know, Thursday at six was the, was the window we had and we, we took it. So are you saying you did not have one official full practice knowing who your opponent was going to be this past week? Uh, we had a walk through Thursday morning. Yeah. Okay. So that was, that was, that was where we were. And, you know, it was, a a, a trying, fun, stressful, every word you can probably put in there, uh, 28, 24, 48 hours. So I think, is this maybe one of the craziest situations you've had to deal with as a head coach in terms of not knowing your opponent and then last minute knowing that? What 
kind of how oh. has that been for you as a coach this week? Oh yeah, no, it was uh, it was by far as far as that going, that the the most trying, difficult we've had. You know, uh, week one we had to move practice to to five in the morning because of the heat, uh, but we knew that a week ahead. Um, and I've been as an assistant, we've we've had situations where games have either been pushed up a day or or pushed back a day based on different things, but never pushed up a day and the opponent changed on Wednesday at 5 p.m. So, you know, to me, it was just a testament to our kids and, and what we've been able to do with our program and for them to be able to respond and respond that quickly and go out and get a victory. Speaking of those kids, one more question before we get to the on the field action. Just how proud are you of them for handling that that sort of just craziness that happened and everything that went on for you telling them last minute what was going on? What 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 how proud are you of them for dealing with all this? You know, the, there's a lot of times where they, they, they give me a lot of gray hair and, and make me shake my head. But at the end of the day, I love them, and they're a great group of kids. And I, would, I wouldn't trade them for the world. You know, they, they do everything we ask. We live and die in the weight room. This is a program that's 365, 24-7, and the kids buy in and do that. And, you know, it, it just went out. And sh- they showed that Thursday night when they were able to, you know, like I said, you got 23 hours to go, and, and they were able to do it. Well, as we transition to now on the field action, it really seemed like the first, really the entire first half before, besides one touchdown, which we'll get to in a second, it was really back and forth and kind of both teams just figuring each other out. Is that kind of your assessment from the sideline of what happened in that first half? Uh, You know, we came out and had the ball for, I believe, the first eight or nine minutes of the game, drove down to the three and, uh, you know, didn't, weren't able to punch it in. You know, I'd make a better play call on fourth and an inch, Um, but we, you know, so that, that kind of dictated our defense, I felt, came out really well and, and was able to, to get some stops and do some good things. And then, you know, we I think we had the ball three times in the first half, should have scored once, had one real bad drive, and then had the ball for most of the quarter in the second quarter as well and, and, and was able to put one in and got it back right there before half, but weren't able to do anything. But it was it was definitely a, a feeling out process and just kind of a slow, methodical, grinded out game uh, that played into our hands. Evan Gaither seems to be one of your big, big keys offensively with two rushing touchdowns and really just helping the offense in general. What did you see out of his performance in the matchup? You know, Evan's a, a kid that's a product of the program. You know, he's ran inside and outside Veer so many times that I think he can do it in his sleep. And, uh, you know, Jarvis had a great game last week and had a pretty good first half and kind of got banged up a little in the first half. And, and Evan's number got called and, you know, it, as we went through and did the stats, I think he had 17 carries for 71 yards. And it, it's he gets three or four yards, you know, just like Lewis Pauly last year. You know, he's not going to break a big one. His big one's 12, 12 yards. But, you know, he, he's always going to get you three or four. And he runs it, runs a path, and it's beautiful. And he does it the right way, and there's no false steps. There's no anything. It's, it's just been ingrained in him, and he knows how to do it. And, you know, when his number's called, he's ready to go. All of your touchdowns on Thursday night were by the form of running it and rushing it into the end zone. What did you like or not like about that situation, that it was all rushing touchdowns? Uh, to, to me and our program, you know, I told them we're going to play Blue Jay football, and, and I've always made the joke with our coaches that the perfect game is I don't even have to call a pass. Um, I think we called four passes Friday or Thursday, excuse me. Um, you know, with the situation and what it was, we just went back to our camp stuff and, and what we'd installed in the summer and, and the, the guts of our program. Uh, we were able to have the ball for 37 minutes uh, of the 48 minutes. And then we had, I think we ran 89 plays to their 25 plays. 
So we were able to, to control the clock, control the tempo of the game, control what was going on. Um, you know, and, and you do that and then add on, they had to have a four hour bus drive and they had 23 hours to prepare. You know, it was a, it was a winning business model for the Blue Jays. When you have that wide of a margin in time, time of possession. And when you have also that wide of a margin of just being able to ground and pound against them, do you think when you're playing a team that you might not know as well, and in such a crazy week that kind of settles your team down and kind of keeps you all in blue Jay football passion? Oh, no doubt. Our guys, you know, that every time there was a water break or a timeout, you know, you, you could tell the confidence that was building and that they, you know, our offensive line is, is does a great job and they were just get behind us. Let's go. Just keep running it. Keep going. Keep, keep coming up with this, keep coming up with that. And, you know, uh, when you break down the stats, I think uh, Hannon and, and Evan both had about 15 carries. Uh, Lane of Boston had about 15 carries. Devin Duckman had about 10 or 12. And Cam had 15, 12 or 15 carries. And they were all around 70 yards. Cam was at 102. So, you know, you put, put those four or five guys together and, you know, you get 400 yards rushing again. And it's just – what we want to do, how we want to do it. And, you know, are are those guys up front, the confidence they have that they can go out and control a lot of scrimmage. It's a lot of fun to coach. It's a lot of fun to be around. Well, you'll look to have more rushing success next week when you host Fort Zumwalt North as you open up GAC Central play. A few questions off of that. So let's start first. How does the game being on Thursday night this past week instead of Friday affect your preparation, if at all, heading into the GAC opener next Friday? Yeah, it gave me a chance to go uh, see uh, Zumwalt North in person. Um, you know, they're 0-3, but they've played three top 10 teams in the state. Um, and they're consistent. They've, I think, for the last eight to 10 years, been the conference champion, been in the top five in class five in the state of Missouri. So they're a, a measuring stick for our program. They're, you know, the, the wins might not be there this year, but the program's not down as much as it, it would appear. They've been in two. I think they've lost two of those three games by a point. So. They're right there from one or two plays from being two and one. And to see the size and see the speed in person uh, was really a benefit for, for me and our coaching staff last night. And speaking of seeing them in person, I'm assuming that you haven't had too many opportunities in your coaching career to be off on a Friday night to see your opponent in person. What else besides just seeing them in person and seeing them play on the field, what else does going to the game help you do as a coach? Uh, you know, it, it just kind of get a feel for, for what's going to happen. You know, you can you can almost call the game yourself and see what see what the situations are, see what their tendencies are, and get that feel that you can't might quite get from from film. Uh, you know, and it's it's nice to sometimes have a nice relaxing Friday night. You know, we were able to get a little more things broke down, uh, which means you don't have to work quite as much on on Saturday Sunday as you normally do because you've had Friday to prepare everything. Uh, so you know that was nice, but you know we're 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 just going to get ready for them like we normally would. Uh, we didn't change the kids' routine. We gave we actually gave them yesterday off. Um, let them enjoy it. They, it's been a stressful couple hours for a couple days for them as well. They 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 earned it with that victory, and uh, we'll we'll bring them back in Monday and, and get to work. Well, Coach Heflin, as always, thank you for coming on the podcast. An absolute crazy and chaotic week, but it ended up well as Washington came with a 28-21 victory over William Crisman. As always, like I just said, thank you for coming on the podcast and look forward to talking to you next Saturday after your first league game against Fort Zumwalt North. Awesome, man. Thank you. Appreciate it. For week three, for Coach Heflin, I'm Mark Feldman saying so long and have a great day.
Once again, we want to thank our sponsor, Jazby.com, for sponsoring this podcast. Parents, you need this app to make life easier for you as you teach your kids about financial responsibility. Kids learn best by experience, and Jazby is designed to help parents in this vitally important role. Go to Jazby.com to set up your free family account today. That is J-A-S-S-B-Y.com. And also, as you have seen every weekend, State Farm and football are the perfect match. That is another reason that agent Jim Fury has chosen to sponsor your Washington Blue Jays post-game recap podcast all season. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. 